0: I'm Johnny Pollard, and welcome to episode two of the One Giant Mind podcast. In episode two, a wonderful woman by the name of Lauren, who is at the top of her game in the PR industry here in New York City stepped up to the mic and asked a very interesting question that I believe represents the mentality and the questioning of so many people out there right now who despite their success in their professional careers still feel this sense of something missing, a yearning that is going to be expressive of who they really are. In this conversation we really explore a lot of the key notes in What I believe to be an archetypal journey for anybody that's awakening to the unsustainability of ignoring their own personal needs and actually beginning to take responsibility for addressing what they actually require to experience well-being in this life.
1: Okay, so I'm Lauren. While I was listening to your story, so many thoughts were going through my mind that Every time I took a moment to try to articulate it in words on paper, I couldn't be present in what I was listening to, and I didn't want to miss anything. So I grabbed Sean quickly to try to make sense of what I was thinking in my mind so that I could ask the question. Mm -hmm. Um, So hearing your story was great because there were so many personal parallels and the number of similarities of experiences and the way that you can articulate them, um, I really connected to. But was, what was more interesting to me were the two things that were very different between your story and who I think I am right now. And I'd love to learn better about those two parts. So first, um, my whole life, I've put everyone above myself. Literally. And I'm now 39 and I'm about to, for the first time ever, do something for myself. And I know that right now, this is the right time for me to embark on this kind of journey. And yet, I there, there's a wall in front of me that is holding me back from doing it because I loved how you articulated that you found balance in it. And I've ne- I, I fear that in taking care of myself and finding that true self and learning more about what it is that I want or I need or who I am, feel selfish because of who I've always been. So the first part of the question is, like, with people like me who recognize that this is absolutely the right time to do something like this, that have this wall, how Do you help them bridge that to be more open to it and get them to find that balance? But then the other part of what you said that really hit me was, that was different for us, was at a young age, you self-soothed in a way that prospered into who you are now. And I think in being there for others for so long, I've... um, I've self-soothed by compartmentalizing. And I deal with anything in my own world in such a rational way that I don't know if I feel anymore when it comes to me. Mm. I feel for everyone in my world, but I don't let myself have that process. So I feel like both of these things are almost one question of like, how how can someone in my position that knows that they wanna take this journey with this block, how can they, jump over that step to really be in it Mm. while in it, not be scared of focusing on you and what you discover, Mm. but then also learn how to be so present in it that you can feel again.
0: Mm. Does that make sense? Oh, total sense. The most important thing for you to recognize is that it's not compartmentalized that the leap that you're going to take is happening right now. You're in it. You're doing it. And this is what it looks like. And all it is is a reorientation of your attention from being externally referenced and always compulsively trying to satisfy everybody else's needs to recognizing the unsustainability of that. (laughs) Obviously, you have. You're like, hang on a second, something's missing here. Oh, me, that's right. And you're now choosing to reorientate your attention into what may seem very scary, unknown territory. Because I'm so identified with just involuntarily doing this, 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 you know, just putting my needs second or just completely denying them. So the first thing to understand is that it's happening now. Bravo. (laughs) And there is no leap. This is a story that you've created that is very much a part of the narrative that has kept you locked into this belief that you need to serve other people's needs before your own. And, you know, without having to go into the details of why that is, what's most important is that you're aware that that's happening. The why will reveal itself over time. All you need to do now is accept that you're weaning yourself off habitual behavior that has been conditioned into the way you operate over many, many years. And it's going to take you a little bit of time to, one, familiarize yourself, almost like learning a new language, with your senses interacting with the experience of you, your identity. The foundation of your identity is built off Have I taken care of everybody else's needs? And now you're attempting with your intent to redefine your identity by turning your attention inward and just simply asking the question, what do I want? What do I need? I can't sort of feel it i don't i don't understand the language of me and so it's going to take you a little while like learning a new language and you need to take very incremental steps be very um relaxed everything's fine i want you to take the drama out of it because this is a beautiful thing it's very timely Everything that you were experiencing prior to this was wonderful research in the unsustainability of ignoring yourself. You've recognized the unsustainability of ignoring yourself. And what you need to celebrate is the fact that you have arrived. You've arrived. You have the realization. It's front and center. You wake up. It occupies you. You can't ignore it anymore. This is the single greatest moment in our, in our awakening is the revelation that I can no longer ignore what I know. I can no longer ignore myself. I said before, we all know ourselves. It's just that we practice ignoring it because we doubt it. You're willing now to confront your self-doubt. That's really all that's going on. And to go, I need to know what's true and what's false. And when I know what's true, I'll be clear about what I require in order to be fulfilled. And so I'll give you a little preview of coming attractions. What we all share in common is a deep need to be with ourselves in every moment to ensure that we're prioritizing our sensory experience to connect with everybody without compromising our own personal process. And so you're going to be very confronted in moments where somebody is going to be very generous and want to know what you need. And you're going to notice a tendency to want to deny, block, reject, and overcompensate out of guilt. This is part of the old program. Now, that that relates to something around the, the theme of unworthiness would probably have something to do with your parenting, maybe, or some experience that you had as a child, something that you've learned, that you're not worthy, and that the only way that you can feel worthy being such a sensitive soul, a caring, empathic soul, is the only way that you can know yourself is by just giving. As long as I'm giving... everything's all right. Everything's all right. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. If I'm not giving, uh, I move into that sort of uncertain, selfish kind of world, right? Yeah. What you're doing is taking an eraser and you're rubbing out that false line. It's a false line that you've compartmentalized. You, You called it out. You're very clear. You can see it. You've created a compartmentalization there. And over time, through gently self-inquiring, being with yourself, being willing to sit with the discomfort of not knowing and affirming that just my attention directed inward to this place is all that I need to do. And over time, through the commitment of being there, insight will arrive. Insight will always arrive because inherent in this act is self-love. What this act is, is self-love. And in the flow of self-love is that intelligence. And what we notice, the more energy and attention that we give ourselves, for the purpose of becoming more balanced, is that this beautiful wisdom starts to rise in us, insight about how to be, what the truth is. It just reveals itself. All we need to do is give our attention to it for a moment. It wakes it up. If we're not having that experience, it's only because we're not sincere with ourselves. We're not being real with ourselves. I am going to be with myself, and I'm going to sincerely give my attention to myself. Am I willing to accept love for myself? And what you'll be confronted with is all the terrible, yucky feelings that have stopped you from going there for 38 years. It's some confronting stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's uncomfortable. And they refer to this as the work, you know. Yeah. And we've got, we've got to do this. Each and every one of us have got to deal with our dirty laundry. And this is the process. Now, something that's going to help you <laughs> incredibly is a twice-daily practice of meditation. That's because mechanistically it leads our awareness into the direct experience of the place by which you are going to be able to contextualize your experience relative to what is true and what is delusional. It's going to lead you into a place where you can witness very clearly, okay, that's delusion, that's the truth, and I, in this moment, am choosing truth. This is how we do it, step by step, moment by moment, day by day, the commitment to just being with ourselves, Diligent in our self interaction, a commitment to nurturing that. And over time, you're going to notice, just like when somebody goes to the gym for the first time. And the, the trainer goes, All right, let me see your push ups. You can pump like three out. <laughs> All right, now give me some chin ups. After three push ups, you can barely get one chin up. <laughs> and then, you know, six months later, uh, having come to the gym two or three times a week, You know, you reflect back on the first day you came to the gym and you're like, wow, I can slam out, (laughs) you know, 50 chin-ups. I can do 100 push-ups. It's like that. We're just developing an internal strength through the repetition of our attention. And it's all about attention and the quality of your attention. And all you need to do is be innocent in your desire to care for yourself. Any narrative that takes place inside your mind that is about feeling guilt, feeling shame, feeling unworthy. It's all delusion, meaning it's a false reality that doesn't correlate with anything that is true about who you are. And this is all you need to know right now. Lead with that innocent self-inquiry. Anything nasty comes up, you go, oh, that's the old story. Bye-bye. Meditation helps you develop some space whereby that narrative can't dig its claws into you and pull you into thinking and behavior that you you no longer desire. It creates space for you to just go, oh, okay, it's there, but I can deal with you and I'm no longer ignoring you. It's pretty stinky in this laundry, but I'm committed to getting this laundry done. I'm no longer just going to close the door on it and pretend that it's not there and walk around in, in dirty clothes. <laughs> I want for clean fresh clothes thank you very much and that's what meditation does
1: so it's it's incredibly reassuring to be able to identify that I'm already in it versus where I felt that I was on the outside of it mm. um, but what I where I understand how things will change and and the laundry um, analogy What does that two times a day meditation look like to someone who's never done it? You know, I've been in a yoga class where it starts with something like that, but it's very brief and then it goes into the class. Hmm. So not understanding how to even get myself there, I want to know more about what that looks like and how to take the steps to even get there? Well, Lauren,
0: funny you should ask. <laughs> We've built this thing called the One Giant Mind Learn to Meditate Cars. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's a great question, and, and we have a wonderful solution for that. We've built a, a really elegant piece of technology that demystifies and dissolves all the misconceptions around the practice of meditation so many people are afraid of even kind of going there because of all the stigma that's attached to it and just the notion that you know my internal reality is such a hot mess you know that any kind of <laughs> any t- any kind of instruction is just going to be gobbled up in the chaos of my mind there's just no way you- I'm going to be able to practice meditation um and so this this app That we've created is a really great entry point and you know the good news is we live in the same city so we I'm I'm going to be able to teach you to meditate personally but for everybody listening to this podcast that relate to what you're talking about or at at that precipice of stepping into learning to meditate the first point of call that you can go to right now after here after the conclusion of this podcast is to your smartphone and download the one giant mind app and it'll teach you very elegantly in uh, 12 Steps, how to practice a very simple technique that enables you to move beyond the normal level of thinking that all of these uh, old beliefs are playing out on. Very effortlessly move beyond that into a state of more abstract awareness that exposes you to the experience of who you are. The byproduct of coming out of that in the same way that we you know, have a shower or a bath, is that it It acts as like a cleanser to our nervous system. And when we open our eyes after 20 minutes, we notice a subtle or not so subtle level of calm, present, coherent awareness, where if we choose to direct our attention inward, we notice there is an enormous amount of internal real estate that we can explore that juxtaposes this tiny little cage that we felt we were trapped in which we call the thinking mind there is a vast space inside of us that is just there when we create the opportunity to have the direct experience of it now for someone who hasn't meditated hearing this like oh, it sounds interesting and pretty abstract but when That's you exactly actually what I was thinking. yeah and, and after, after a couple of days of practicing the app or after a couple of days of meditating, let's have this conversation again and see if you just give me that all knowing wink. Know what you're talking about, Johnny. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is what is always reported from anybody that learns meditation it is one, my God, I had no idea it was so easy. And two, why didn't I do this before? And three, wow, there is so much more to me than the voice that is constantly playing out inside my mind. So the other thing that I want to reassure you of is that that voice inside of your head that sounds like the voice that you speak in is not actually you. It is linguistically structured thoughts that happen to sound like the voice that you speak in. It is an incessant attempt to try and strategize and organize your situation.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And the good news is you exist beyond that narrative. The true self is an awareness state that has the capacity to witness that internal dialogue, as well as all the different body sensations, desirable or undesirable. And from that perspective of witnessing is able to establish a relationship, a very natural relationship that has at the heart of it this desire to create greater connection, growth and belonging. I call it love. From the perspective of witness, when we are able to truly objectify ourselves from our own experience, which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron given that it's subjective consciousness that is observing it, it feels like we're observing our humanity. There is something beyond our humanity, something kind of universal, an awareness, that can observe the the experience of our human condition and go, huh, okay, this is the way I am right now, and I wish to transform it in some way. What do I desire? What do I really want? Discerning what it is that we desire, and then inquiring, is that possible? Where Where is the conflict that would inhibit that experience to occur? For example, I want to just love myself. I want to be able to accept who I am and not judge myself, even when I do things that I know aren't really me. To be able to just recognize that I'm in a process of learning and to just have compassion for myself in those moments where I notice that I'm doing stuff that I don't like. Imagine not being a, having to react to yourself and go, you idiot, when you notice yourself do something. Imagine not having to have to do that. This is one thing that you could put on the list of desirable experiences.
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
0: I rate that one super high, by the way, on the menu. Because it's that internal self-loathing that actually acts as a massive inhibitor of us generating momentum or flow of connection, growth, and belonging. The more we can get into the habit of witnessing our human condition and just gently smiling inwardly at the whole thing and going, okay, it's okay. I'm awake to the fact that there's some work to do and that it's gonna take a little bit of time and let's enjoy the ride.
1: I think that's important to hear because I think there's, even knowing I wanna do this, like personally, I'm a action plan KPI kinda girl. And that's <laughs> not just because of work, that's because of my life. like it's just who I am. And I think that for anyone like me, hearing that it it's a journey that you actually don't have a timeline on, and that these moments and and realities, once you start to process them and recognize the behavior, it's almost like then when you're in it. You, without possibly even thinking about it, behavior changes. Exactly, and and that positivity can lead to other change too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you discover a roadmap versus like this is what I'm
0: exactly yeah. because the reality is you can you can study the maps, i.e., read all of the self help books, but we must not ever mistake a map for the actual terrain. Right. It's like watching a documentary on um, what it's like to trek through the uh, Amazon jungle. None of us would sit here and say, "Yes, I'm an expert on what it's like to uh, trek through the Amazon jungle." I saw a documentary on it. <laughs> 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 it's it, you know, it's preposterous. Yeah. And this is actually a thing. By the way, people are reading books. And believing, because they understood it on the level of the intellect, that they 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 get it. Yeah. They are mistaking the map for the actual terrain. Now, everything that I teach is kind of a way in which you can orientate your map and look out for a couple of the, you know, you don't want to sort of get too close to that cliff edge without like a bit of a harness on and, you know, like teaching trick tips and tricks for how to navigate the terrain. But at the end of the day, it is you that must go there and have that experience and learn to become comfortable in the jungle of yourself. And there's, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of creepy places that you don't want to go. And what I'm saying to you is, go there. Go there, go there, go there. Because, actually, you're more powerful than any of the little critters that live in there. And when you encounter them, you can befriend them. Everything that is within you that you fear, you can befriend. Because you are the ruler of that domain. There is no one else. There is nothing else that is more powerful than you inside you. (laughs) There's nothing. And so... um, it's great to, you know, do map training classes and all of that, which is primarily what I offer, but at the end of the day, it's incumbent on each of us to be fearless in our internal quest for discovering the fullness of our internal reality. Meditation kind of gives you the big picture forty thousand foot view of of the whole territory. You go oh I can see it all it's not so bad let's go back in and what I mean by let's go back in is let's get out into the world with that insight that I am very powerful internally I'm gonna bring that power into the world and see what I can do with that
1: so After really listening and even watching your mannerisms as you're speaking to me or people like me, um, it already changed so much of where my mind is at, in what I'm able to realize based on, hey, this isn't just about me, because everything you articulated, I'm sure, I can see how that's everybody in some way, Um, but there's already a shift in the way I'm thinking about being in this, like work in progress versus a uh, action plan, if you will. And that was like incredibly enlightening, just even in however many minutes that was.
0: So thank you. Mm, So glad. The wonderful thing about this conversation with Lauren is that it really drives home this notion that i believe to be so true which is that the meditation conversation is relevant to absolutely everybody right now there are so many people in the world that are going through this transition phase and don't allow themselves the time Uh, to investigate a way in which they can really pragmatically resolve the issues that they're experiencing internally. The fact that Lauren you know, took some time to step up to the mic and ask the question created an opportunity for her to get a different perspective. And the very fact that she is aware of it, willing to be open to some new insight and way of addressing what's going on inside of her, means that she's halfway there. It was self-evident in her response, and this is something that's really important to reflect on. Quite often we'll write people off as, oh, they're so far away from getting it. The reality is that understanding what's required to make this move into a deeper experience of ourselves isn't necessarily a massive leap. It's just recognizing the desire to want to change and then moment to moment investigating what do I have within me and around me that can support this process. Special thanks to our team, Trevor Exter, our show producer, Sean Tomlin, the beautiful music by Arlie Lieberman, Andrea Stern for allowing us to record our show there, and, of course, Lauren for being courageous to step up to the mic and share her experience and allow us to really dive into something that I think is so important to so many people out there. If in this episode you felt inspired to want to learn meditation, There's two really great ways that we can recommend. Right now, you can download the One Giant Mind app and learn with our 12-step course. But the most potent way to learn is with a teacher. We recommend that you go to the One Giant Mind website, onegiantmind.com, that's the numerical one, giantmind.com, and search out one of our certified teachers. Now, if you're feeling called to become a meditation teacher, be sure to check out the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Academy. More than ever, we need expertly trained teachers to step out into the world to meet the demand of the growing number of people seeking a simple and effective way to learn how to practice meditation. We hope that you can join us for the next episode.